Hello. This is episode 23 of the podcast called Blood and Rain. I'm your host, Arthur Dane. All we want is equality. A common trope that never really expresses any concrete or realistic aims to achieve its goal. It's nebulous at best and a slick marketing a slick marketing campaign for a hidden agenda at worst. It's a Trojan horse, particularly at the gates of gender and sexuality. We just want men and women and everything in between to be equal. So what's inside that Trojan horse called equality anyway? Is it innate human dignity? Is it economic worth? Is it distinctive value? Maybe with the wars of the past, it was an issue of civility and human decency, but not today. No, in this legion's Trojan horse is androgyny and aim to remove order and distinctions and replace them with ambiguity and chaos. Equal is to be sane. Equal is to be formless. Equal is to be nothing. This view is not a difference of mere political opinion. It is godless. It is demonic. What God called good in Genesis, it calls oppression in 2021. But is it really fair to call it a war? Is this really a gospel issue? The union of male and female in marriage is the metaphor for the relationship between Christ and his church writ large and is currently being subverted by large government policies, mega media monopolies, mind control marketing and corporate slave ships salivating for the next undiscerning chump to own for 40 plus hours a week. So you tell me, if war is about leverage over the enemy, who has the leverage? Be clear, gentlemen, this is spiritual war. It's not a war of flesh and blood between the genders, but on the idea of gender itself. And consequently, all that is true, good, and beautiful. Therefore, let us rise and defend all we love at the gates, leading from the front lines, being watchful, standing firm in the faith, and acting like men. That was one of the many incredible pieces from today's guest. He has a podcast on a discipline that was recently a dying discipline that is truly seeing a resurgence in this incredible time. He is a man of faith. He is a patriarch. He is a content creator. He's a hunter. And he's about to be a father on top of being an incredible husband and an incredible Christian. His name is Jonathan West, and he is the creator behind the Being Husband podcast, a podcast very simply about the discipline of being a husband, a discipline of which has been under attack in general, a discipline of which that has not only been under attack by these nefarious forces on a grand scale that he speaks of in this post of his, but it's been under attack by the communities of, of men that we rub shoulders with as a discipline that gives us a raw deal, but he sets the record straight that in a restored world, a restored world of true gender, of true dichotomy, that it's a role that is vital. Jonathan, thank you so much for being in the podcast today. Glad to be here, man. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's, it's my pleasure. I've been looking forward to this one for a while. Um, <laughs> I'm engaged, so I'm, I'm looking to sort of gear up you know, as best I can for the discipline of being a husband. You know, I'm about a, about a year away. Um, we would like to be married sooner, but um, that's just the cards that we have right now. Um, so any 
information that I can have that isn't jaded, that isn't sort of tainted by this overly red pill culture turned black pill culture about the relationship between men and women, I sort of jump at. Um, and it's it's been nothing short of enriching, enriching listening to your work. Man, thank you uh, for that. And and I appreciate it, man. I, um, I, I'm, I'm thankful when anybody says anything I say is helpful. <laughs> so it's good. To, it's good to know. Um, yeah, I, I, I can I can really see that, too, because I actually um, came to know what is called the red pill or the men's movement um, about a year and a half or two years into marriage. Um, and what I what I saw, it was interesting. I, I tell people this all the time, but what I saw there was a lot of nuggets of wisdom and truth. But I also saw a lot of ways that that truth had become perverted in some ways, uh, because, you know, as a, as a Christian, you know, I, I believe that um, the devil's in the details, literally. Right. And so there's 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 always an element of truth that he appeals to. Right. So. You know, when he's tempting Eve, he's saying, you know, uh, did God really say, you know, if you eat this, that you'll be, you'll be, uh, you'll be, you'll die, right? And she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we can't even look at it. Eve's saying it. And then Satan is like, no, no, no. He just knows that you'll be like him. And he, he don't want you to miss out on the fun. You see, that that's what this is really about. And there's an element of truth in that. Because when you do acquire hidden knowledge, you do, you do, um, you take on more more knowledge and, 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 and knowledge that, that God knows, right? Because God knows what's good and what's bad. And so there is an element of truth in that. But the issue is that we were already as close to being like God, being made in his image than we were prior to that. You know what I mean? And so I, I, think, that, I think that what it really comes down to when it comes to this red pill kind of stuff and, and a lot of those conversations is that you know, when, when you think about you know gender dynamics and stuff like that, there's a, there's an element of truth in there, but it's 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 jaded, and I I don't necessarily know that I have the answers to correct it, but I think that what it drove me to think about is okay, what does what does Scripture have to say about this, and are there and do these things parallel in any way, and so I think a lot of my work on the podcast and 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 in the post that I write is not necessarily trying to reconcile the truth, but trying to see if scripture maybe articulates the points that the red pill have a little bit better and more, and, and more biblically sound. Yeah, I, I would say that's, that's a, it's a very surgical and grounded and accurate way of going about it because I would have to agree. It's like, <laughs> they, 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 they find these little, these find these little nuggets of truth about sort of maybe the, the truth of sort of the, Let's let's call it for now how women are naturally indirect in their speech, whereas men are naturally direct in their speech. So they'll they'll they'll, they'll take they'll take a piece of of truth like that, and then they'll lead you down this weird yellow brick road of the, basically this conclusion like yeah, and all all women are whores and can't be trusted. And that's, <laughs> that's why you know instead of getting married, you got to be you know spinning well, plates. Yeah, oh yeah, that's what it is. I was I was I was going to I. It's been a while since I've recited this hilarious terminology. You need to be spinning seven plates instead of being married. I'm like, dude, that's that's a road to ruin right there. Oh, um, like never before, especially now, right? Because if you think about, I mean, you spin plates now, you get me too. I mean, it's 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 ugly. I mean, not only me too, but you know, talk about your own soul, right? I, I don't. I, you you and I have talked about this offline, and, and 
I've talked to Nature Pill, Devin, about this, but um, the, the, the common idea in Red Pill is that, you know, women are the only ones that have issues with multiple partners. And I, I would actually disagree. I know a lot of guys that have had, you know, a high number of partners. And, you know, once you get past a certain point, I would say you actually kind of become a vapid man, like a kind of shallow guy um, in some ways. And, um, you know, I don't necessarily know that that's the case for everybody, but a lot of the, I know a lot of men that aren't married and I know a lot of them that have had, you know, high, high, high partner counts, high body counts. And, and those guys, uh, you know, they, they, they really struggle. <laughs> they really struggle to be committed to one woman after having that many. And they struggle to uh, um, develop a genuine relationship. It's, it's, it's really, it's really a challenge. Yeah, you know, you, you're bringing up a point that I, oof, okay, you, <laughs> we're getting controversial from the get-go, I love it. All right, you, you're bringing up a point that I think is really, really overlooked when it comes to men. Because what, what's, what is a lot of the culture, and rightfully so, in the world of men that we're, that we're sort of leaning on? We're leaning on a time when men weren't domesticated. We're leaning on a time when men, you know, consistently face the violence. And with that, there is this sort of might is right sort of mm -hmm. justification with a lot of things. And it's mm -hmm. like, oh, back then you had many wives to have many children. And what I've noticed about, as, as you said as well, with men that have had a high body count, mm -hmm. when you take a, a peer into their soul, you see damage there as well. Yeah, man. That, I, that I've seen. So... They, they, they sort of, in the, in the Red Pill movement, they lean on it being okay because, like, like you said, just really not in it being okay in itself to be spinning however many plates. But they only justify that with the counterbalance of women not being able to make a connection, you know, if they have too high a body count. Men not having that problem. But they're talking physiologically. But they're not talking spiritually. They're not talking emotionally. Bingo. Yep. Yep. And dude, I remember, you know, full disclosure to you and to the audience that, you know, I lost my virginity like a, any typical, you know, 2018 year old to some chick that, you know, I didn't really have the best intentions for. And I remember feeling like my soul dim a bit. Like I, I was trying to explain that to people. And, you know, it, it was it was met with an initial sort of like really type thing but then you know the, the the truer reaction came out where they they second guess themselves I'm like okay well maybe that's that's maybe that's a bit more accurate than i initially thought mm -hmm. and i think it's important to really take a look at the be like the being within of men mm -hmm. right that it's because because men are the gender of action right you're, you're seeing you're seeing a narrative in this sort of postmodern culture that men sort of need to be less about action, more about their feelings and more about their thoughts. And they do need to be more about their feelings and their thoughts, but not in the context that they're saying, not in the context of completely just getting rid of action. They need to be sort of in line with their feelings and thoughts so they don't have these hidden things that sort of poison them from the inside out and they're too blinded because they're, they're so good at actions, just mo like checking the boxes of all their daily duties as men to say, oh, yeah, no, I don't have anything overriding me. It's like, well, no, there are hidden things within you that could be derailing you that are out of alignment with your actions that you could possibly not even realize. Hmm. Yeah, 100%, 100%, man. And 
You know, honestly, and, and this is going to sound weird, maybe this isn't everybody's deal, but uh, I, I would say that because um, I've, I've got my hands in growing things. So I'm, I'm, I'm a hunter, as you mentioned, but I also uh, I, I grow vegetables and um, I'm very into agriculture in terms of not in the way that it's not conventional mega corpo agriculture, but like, you know, uh, I like the idea of raising chickens. Right? I like the idea of uh, raising cattle. And I, and I think one of the things that really got me into the uh, that space was whenever you whenever you put your action and then you have like contemplative motivations for doing it it, it really kind of resonates in a different way so for example like a verse in the bible that talks about um christ is talking to his disciples and he's saying you know i'm the true vine and um the only way that you're going to bear fruit is if you abide in me well that doesn't really land on you <laughs> unless you actually have had some kind of agricultural experience. But when you actually look at uh, vines, whether they're tomato vines or grape vines or whatever, and you actually see that physically and you know that you have to, you know, in order to make a vine produce fruit, you have to prune it. You have to chip off those parts of the vine that aren't bearing fruit. So then that way the nutrition from the true vine goes toward the vine that's beginning to bear some fruit so that it would bear more fruit. When you actually see that as a man and you viscerally participate in that from an action standpoint, now that verse or that wisdom, whatever it might be, is translated beyond just your hands. And now it's in your it's in your actual like soul. Right. So now so now, you know, and, and then for another example, you know, when you deal with this, uh, when you deal with actually caring for something and helping it to grow. Right. That's what a husband even is. That's where we get the word animal husbandry from. It's it's it, it's the man that is caring for everything and building structures around everything so that each one of those things would be as productive as it possibly can be. And that is best, at least from my experience, has been best manifested or best understood, I should say whenever I've gotten my hands in the dirt, whether it's helping a farmer move cattle or whether it's actually, you know, growing my own vegetables, you actually see this wisdom that's, I mean, really is kind of separated from us in our modern society. Um, you actually get to see it in practice and in play. And it, and it just, you know, without, without making it sound, <laughs> without belittling it, it just hits different, right? It just, it just is, it's a different experience, man. And, I think that's something that men could really could really use is being able to get back in touch with the land, because when you do, I think you kind of come come home with a lot of these ideas about, uh, you know, getting in touch with being, uh, you know, your your thoughts and your emotions. I think that that I, honestly, I think that the farmer is a lot more in touch with his emotions and thoughts, and he's still masculine in the midst of that. Exactly. I mean, it's, 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 it's your role, too, as a man, it's your responsibility and ownership to have dominion over those thoughts and emotions. And you can't have dominion on over them if you're not in touch with them in the first place. Because if you're in touch with them, you know what to embrace and what to discard right. with, with a certain amount of stoicism, with a certain amount of just masculine override saying, like, no, these emotions don't matter. What matters right now is the task at hand. If you're not even recognizing those, then you, you can't even, you can't speak and say that you're managing them correctly. Right. Because yeah. you're, you're just flying blind. There's nothing impressive about that. There's nothing organized about that. There's nothing masculine about that either. 
No. Um, there's a different, very, very fine line between sort of walking in faith and alignment and flying blind, and a lot of people get confused as to what that difference is. I think, too, and you know this pretty well, too, because you're a fighter. I think fighting actually is another really great way as well to synthesize maybe thoughts oh, and yeah. into physicality. So it, so I guess my point is, my larger point, because that's kind of my angle, and I, and I, I, I probably will take up jujitsu at some point. Everybody around, everybody around me is doing it. Like Will's doing it. You got it going. So I probably will have to at some point just to, to be able to wrestle you guys when I see y'all. But, uh, but, uh, but I think any time that a man can put put thought and action together. I think that's I think that's the recipe, whatever that looks like. Um, so it's not just go time and checking things off the to-do list, but also not just navel-gazing and, and thinking about your, your your feelings and your thoughts, but actually doing both at the same time. What do you call that? Somebody, there's a word I feel like for that, and I don't know what it is. I mean, for me, I, I wrote a whole essay for this in Blood and Rain books. I called it alignment. alignment. It's like your, your, your thoughts are in line. Your, your, your prayers are in line. Your actions are in line. It's like when you have all of those things aligned, then the path before you, the sort of the path on the cycle, the hero's journey that you're on becomes a lot clearer. Mm-hmm. Because if those aren't aligned, then you're in sort of this realm of confusion where it's like, okay, well, I have these tangible things that I need to take care of right now. But I also, I'm, I'm contemplating these thoughts and emotions that haven't really fully been solved. And then I have, you know, I haven't really you know, checked in with the divine, you know, whether you're Christian or Muslim or pagan, right? If you, if you don't know what you're sort of downstream from divinity, how do you even start? And how do you bring all those things together? Yeah, that's very true. And it's like once 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 you sort of check all those boxes and, you know, um, Primal Thrive and I, we also sort of added chemically because what are the, the, the silent poisons like our business is testosterone boosting and training but like we we sort of noticed it went it sort of went beyond like what we're just doing as a business because one of the hidden things that's sort of derailing men without them realizing is them chem- chemically being compromised and being low in testosterone so they're chem- chemically their bodies are saying you know don't be inactive be emotional be indecisive be out of alignment um, so that, that's 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 another piece of the puzzle that we're sort of looking at in terms of restoring masculinity. Um, in terms of your part in, in restoring masculinity in this overarching renaissance of men, I'm right. sure I, I would love to hear, and I'm sure the viewers would love to hear, um, or the listeners rather would love to hear, sort of, and this, this is a big question, but it's, it's sort of it pertaining to alignment, sort of your your testimony as a Christian husband and then content creator because it sounds like it started within your faith, your manhood started with your faith and then, you know, you had the, dis- the discipline of being a husband pop up, you know, almost five years now, I don't know, you're coming up on an anniversary yeah. and uh, congratulations by the way. Thank you. And absolutely. And uh, you're going to be a father soon so, but you also, you felt compelled enough to make a podcast, you know, two years running now that yeah is dedicated to the discipline of being a husband. So I'd love to hear the testimony that led to this conviction and needing to start a podcast and guidance of this discipline. Man. <laughs> um, so I grew up, my dad's a pastor, and I grew up uh, in, in church. So I've always been a Christian, but I don't think I became a Christian man until about maybe maybe four years ago. 
And I think there's a distinction to be made there because there's there was a time where, you know, I had all the lingo down and I was out of alignment, I'd say. I think I had all the lingo down. I had my doctrine down. I had my theology down, but I never had to put it in practice, right? And I think that that's the interesting thing about marriage is that you you get put inside of a crucible. You get put inside of a situation where now you're on, you you, you got to be in alignment or you at least need to be approaching alignment on a regular basis because because now you got to put that stuff into practice. So everything about patience, everything about kindness, everything about uh, strength, everything about long suffering, all of these all of these concepts that were theories to you and part of your theology. Now you're actually having to do those things. Um, and, and that was really what marriage was. And, and I, I failed. <laughs> and in a couple of years, our marriage, man, I, I was out of alignment big time because um, I was operating from a frame of, uh, you know, I, Dr. Glover talks about this and, and many other content creators have talked about this, but the nice guy thing. And um, there's a lot of those guys in the church. There's a lot of those types of men in the church that think that, uh, when you when you're a Christian man, you are uh, fundamentally nice always. And when I say nice, I'll define the terms. Uh, the guy that that kind of just gets along, right? He doesn't really push anything back. He's he's just he's just glad to be there. You know what I mean? He doesn't really take up any space. He's just thankful that you invited him to the party, type of thing. And that was the kind of guy that I was. And it wasn't until. Um, we lost uh, Leah's stepfather, um, and I saw the I saw the pain, I saw the struggle, um, and I saw her looking to me, and I just I crumbled, man. I just I was an emotional wreck. My job that I was in at that time was very high stress, very high pressure. Um, I had never dealt with death like that uh, before, because um, it was a pretty intense intense thing. And uh, she was looking to me for leadership and guidance and, and, and never saying that, right? Like women women never really say that that's what they're looking for, but you can you can tell. And I just, I wasn't there, man. I really wasn't. And it was one point she saw me, you know, essentially breaking down, crying, feeling sorry for myself. And she was like, you know, do you need to go see somebody <laughs> type of thing? And, um, and it's no knock on it on going to see somebody because I think that might be necessary. But I think for me, what I had to do was I had to uh, I had to deal with myself. I had to deal with God. So I, I almost had I would say a, a wrestling with God, how Jacob did in the Old Testament, and and then and then got his hip hip broken. He wrestles with the angel of God and says, "I'm not going to let you go till you bless me." And I had a situation like that where I was just like, "God, like why am I?" Why am I going through this? Why do bad things happen to good people? Like I'm a nice guy. Like I shouldn't be going through pain and suffering because I treat people well. And my wife should be looking at me uh, with, 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 with loving eyes simply because I exist, not because I'm exhibiting any leadership and my job shouldn't be difficult. Like my boss shouldn't be riding my ass because I'm just a nice guy. And, and, you know, over and over and over again. And uh, it was as clear as day, man, I'm driving. I'm having that conversation. It's a night. I'm crying. You know what I'm saying? And it was clear as day. The message was like, you are where you are and you feel how you feel because you have allowed yourself to get there. You did this essentially to yourself, right? I, I've got all these situations on the outside, 
right? I'm controlling the strings, everything else on the outside, but exactly how you're behaving right now, feeling sorry for yourself, not taking responsibility, not uh, standing up uh, and, 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 and leading in the midst of this thing is a result of your lack of strength. <laughs> and that was a tough pill to swallow. And so uh, after that came, uh, you know, Wild at Heart. After that came Order of Man. After that came, you know, Read and Red Pill stuff. And it felt gross to, not, not the Order of Man and certainly not the Wild at Heart, but when I delved into the Red Pill stuff, it felt gross to put it on. Um, and when I say put it on, I mean like actually think about it and digest it and internalize it. But the longer that I sat with it, the more I realized that okay, there is this thing called masculinity and it's not at odds with being a Christian. <laughs> and so what my goal was then, again, what I was getting at earlier is to try, again, not to synthesize, but to see if, to see if, all right, red pill is directionally true. What's the basis for this stuff? And I found scripture. There's actually a ton of stuff that uh, really is in line with a lot of that thinking, but that doesn't have all the junk with it, right? All the spinning plates and all that kind of deal. But there is a God, there's a distinction between a godly man and a godly woman. There's a difference there the scripture talks about. And when I really delved into that and leaned into that, I started having these, these dreams and these feelings. And back in 2017, I wrote down that I was going to call, you know, create a podcast called Being Husband. And I sat on it for two years and didn't even record the first one until 2019. And since then, I've just been, you know, writing and recording. And I got really heavy with the writing, uh, you know, back in January of, you know, 2020. And uh, sorry, January 2021. And since then, it's just been a, a a passion project, a ministry of mine. It's not something that I'm really, um, you know, if I do make money from it, it's okay, right? Because I have a Patreon, so that's fine. And if there's any kind of coaching stuff that comes up, that's fine too. But that wasn't my goal. Like that wasn't my intention when I jumped in. I, I just really was trying to articulate what it is that I was seeing in scripture and what it is that I'm learning and uh, hoping that anybody, any Christian man or, or non-Christian man could, could come away and say, you know what? Like, there's something to that. Like God, God does honor masculinity. God did create masculinity and it's a good thing and uh, not feel like they have to uh, divorce themselves from who they are as a man uh, by coming to the faith if they're a non-Christian. And if they are a Christian, knowing that they can embrace their masculinity and still be <laughs> saved and sanctified and filled with the Holy Ghost. So, Wow. It's a lot. Sorry. <laughs> oh, no, that's... <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, we don't we, we don't shy away from anything in this podcast. It's called blood and rain, you know, not uh, <laughs> True. <laughs> not, not, not petunias and prancing. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> so I mean, I always want the the rawest full nine yards. I say, wait, <laughs> listeners, you've heard me make this joke before, so I'm gonna keep making it. Um, <laughs> if you're sad about that, I don't really care. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there you go, man. Tell them it's your show, man. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, you've heard me rant about the Great Conjunction a million times. I've heard me rant about you know a number of things a million times, but there's specific cornerstones of the show, and one of them for me. And I told Will this, and I told Lomotus this, and I told Joe Bra. Like, there's always a moment every week with my guests where I'm like, wow. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm, I'm amazed by my guests and you know some people might joke well that's your 
ability as a curator. I'm like, no, I mean, the, the, the humans that I'm having on this show are incredible people, yourself included. And there's so many major takeaways from that testimony that you just laid out that are absolutely incredible because you embodied so many things in that testimony that you embodied certain transformations, you embodied a return to true the restoration of, of manhood and of husbandry and of, of Christianity, really, because you're in this situation where you, you, you have this program, and, and I've, I've seen this in the evangelical church, you yes. seem like the, the, the men, is, they're, they're so hell-bent on being Christian. I think that means, like you said, like never really getting mad and never, you know, always trying to be nice. Mm-hmm. But it becomes a sort of weightless thing, especially for a man, right? Yes. Yeah, but and that's part of the reason why today, and, and, and I know this to be the case, um, having spent enough time in the evangelical church, that a lot of men feel that the church is not for them because the yes. church is mainly for women, that there's mm-hmm. not much for men there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I think, I mean, okay, so I, I had a transition to orthodoxy where I found, you know, it's very male, it was very rooted in the patri- the tradition of patriarchy in the church, yeah, I, I met these, you know, these hard-nosed OG Russian dudes, you know, it was awesome, um, yeah. so I felt that grounding, but, you know, that doesn't need to be exclusive to orthodoxy, like, mm-hmm. Christianity in general, the teachings of Christ, they are patriarchal. They are. Yeah, man. Yeah. They're, they're very rooted in masculinity. And it, if you're a Christian, if you're a Christian man, you shouldn't have to read red pill literature in order to understand this. <laughs> you shouldn't. But, but the thing is, Arthur, you kind of do now. And, and not because, again, not because the Bible, the actual, right, the, uh, the, the canon, right? Not because the canon is missing things necessarily. Although you could go back and forth about, you know, Maccabees and things like that and whatever. But but actually the 66 books that most Christians have in their house, you got enough in there to understand what your role is as a godly man. The problem is, is the application. The problem is, is that, you know, you've got a pastor that is uh, primarily speaking to male sins and not speaking to women's sins. You've got a pastor that, doesn't think that there's any difference between masculinity and femininity that that there's a there's i could get into the teachings but the long and short of it is is that what we've done in the modern american i should say main uh non-orthodox uh christian church is we have we made jesus first the first step was making jesus a hippie where he's just like, yeah. peace, peace, love, love, love. That was the first thing we did in like the 70s. And then beyond that, we got to this place where we broke down the actual family unit. We had this theology of mutual submission or uh, what do they call it? Uh, I can't remember the name of the word, but uh, essentially that, that uh, men and women in terms of their roles in the house are the same. Right. There's no biblical headship uh, at all. And that's another big kaboom to it. And we wonder and ask the question why divorce rates in the church are almost higher or equivalent to the rest of the world. And it's like you guys took the masculinity out of it. That's the thing that protects relationships. 
right? Like one of the things in the red pill is that, you know, uh, women are the gatekeepers to sex and men are the gatekeepers to relationships. Well, if that's true, we took the gatekeeper of the relationship out as though he didn't matter. <laughs> and we have a collapsing marriage situation at hand. I mean, our numbers, again, our numbers in the Christian church are almost as bad as the world's in terms of divorces. It's astounding based on the theology that we say that we represent. And um, I could go at length about that, but it's just like we we got to get back to the book and not reading what some pastor put some kind of sauce or some kind of thing with it. Right? I even tell guys on the podcast, man, my podcast is, sup- is supple- supplements, right? You need to be reaching out to your pastor to give you the full meat. And beyond that, you need to be reading your freaking Bible. <laughs> okay? you, need, you need to be in, you need to be constantly in prayer to discern what your course of action is. Now with other people, because I'm, I'm sure you're running into this, you know, in a lot of churches, everyone's got an opinion, you know, uh, and they, they think they're dishing out advice, and they're like, yeah, it's almost just like this weird, unspoken sort of like, well, God told me this about you. I'm like, oh, did he? Okay. Um, <laughs> but yeah, because he didn't tell me that. So either God's a liar or you are, one of the two. So, <laughs> like, I, I, okay, so my my worst relationship was my only relationship in the church, wow. which is ridiculous like um it was a relationship that i didn't really want to get into in the first place and Mm -hmm. you know like arthur how about you and let's let's call her yeah i i i i met a made a fake little name for her before the previous episode yeah arthur what about you and ashley and i'm like no no, i don't think so like you never know though god works in mysterious ways i'm like no that's fine gosh gosh oh god i love playing matchmaker love playing matchmaker. dude here's the thing man all right, so all right, so here, here's 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 the long and short of it, right? Like, I do believe that the wise that there is wisdom in seeking counsel of older, wiser people to help you make a determination on who you should marry. Um, so I actually don't think that the way that we're going about dating and things in, in Western culture, like just as this kind of Darwinian swipe left, swipe right type situation, I've, clearly it's not working. Obviously, everyone's unhappy with the way that's working. Date culture pretty much prepares you for divorce culture. So it's like, obviously, there's some things that we need to work through there. Um, but when I tell people, I say, I think older wise people need to be involved. They're like, oh, so you want to arrange marriages? I'm like, I'm not necessarily saying that. But I'm also saying that there is there is a need for someone wise to step in and help you do that. That being said, that being said, the assumption is that they're wise. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I, I bumped into like a, a bunch of these sort of same issues that you did, and this isn't this is I want to make this clear, and I made this clear before with previous guests. Like I'm, this isn't me trying to dunk on evangelical church. This isn't like a a pro orthodox propaganda video. I'm just I'm just. No, it can be. That's why it's your show, man. It's good. Listen, <laughs> I mess with orthodox just the same, man. I think you guys are great. Honestly, I think you guys got a lot of things right. If I'm honest about it, I appreciate that, man. Thank you. I, I mean, honestly, so of. Of the of like the the Protestant faith, so I have an abundant respect for the Baptist because if you're you're at least rooted in something, you're rooted in the Bible. Whereas like I've met some quote unquote charismatic Christians, I'm like, what on earth are you talking about? What is like, this? this yeah. Is, <laughs> um, actually, you know, with so really interesting. Like we're, we're jumping around everywhere here, but I I know we're gonna. We're, this happens a lot with my podcast. We jump in a million different places and all comes together. So yeah, it's all good. Um, when I was 
when I was, um, okay, so my first coming to Orthodoxy, I, I attend a Russian Orthodox church, and but for, for the most part, it doesn't really matter what cultural Orthodox sort of tradition that you choose, as long as it's Orthodox. But what's interesting is when I was praying about what church to go to, I was going to go to a Greek Orthodox church. And I got this response back, like, no, you need to go to a Russian Orthodox church, which saw me cross the bridge and go to San Francisco. Yeah. And I was like, well, what's up with that? And then I found out later that the Greek Orthodox Church Americanized, and they have pews in their church, which Orthodox churches aren't supposed to have. They have benches on the side for the people who can't stand, but it's supposed to, you're supposed to stand for service. Wow. So, yeah, yeah, and I, I came, I came to, to, to this Orthodox church, right? And, where was I going with this? <laughs> Um, but I, I sort of, I, I came, yeah, so I came to this very, you know, this very grounded tradition, and I heard a story from one of the priests about some of these, we, we, were, we were discussing, you know, the more, the more rooted, you know, variations of, of Protestant faith versus the ones that sort of went really off the rails, and he, he had a story about, there was an Ethiopian Orthodox monk visiting, um, visiting one of the cathedrals in San Francisco, and, you know, they, they took him on a tour of different churches in America, and they went to a Pentecostal church, and they're all speaking in tongues, right? And he looks at, he looks at the, his guide, you know, this, this, uh, this deacon from the Orthodox Church is showing around, and he's saying, please, can we leave? Can we leave right now, please? Like, with this violent urgency, like, please, can we leave? Yeah. And the guy's like, yeah, 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 sure, okay, whatever. Then when they leave, the man from Ethiopia tells this deacon... He says, they weren't speaking in tongues, they were speaking in my language, and they were cursing God. They were just screaming all these blasphemies at the top of their lungs. Wow. Yeah, I was like, whoa. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. Dude, so, man, um, man, lot, a lot to unpack with that, but I will leave it at this, that you have to be careful dealing with spiritual realities you, you, because if you're not discerning, you're not going to know what door you're opening up. You're not going to know what door you're opening up um, because the thing is you got to, that's why I tell people all the time. Like when it comes to demons, demons are fallen angels. So like the, 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 the deception is pretty powerful because they, it looks true again it goes back it, it's just enough truth just enough of uh you know you could say spiritual or holy veneer to trick someone and so yeah i i'm that's amazing that story does not surprise me and it's it's one of the reasons why like i yeah i i I am very leery about all of that and i grew up and again i'm a i'm a black man right so black like in, in in most in most black churches, um, Baptists or whatever, um, yeah. we, we tend to actually be charismatic. Right, that tends to be something that happens a lot. Um, my dad was very very skeptical about any of that. Mm. Very from and which is amazing wisdom from my father. First of all, right. um, to step outside of his culture and be like, we're not we're not going to do that here. Um, so uh, hats off to him for that, but it, it has made me that much more. I'm probably more skeptical about it uh, than even he is now. Um, so yeah, man, I, I yeah, you spiritual, you, you gotta be careful about spirits, man. I mean, there's, 
when people say I talked to God or I heard from God, I'm, I'm like, what, what Ooh, you did you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What you mean, man? Because we got 66 books and all of that's written in there. So when you like, what do you, you know, what are you talking about? And <laughs> I, I, I came to a point even with, within the evangelical church right before I left that I could tell the people when they came up and they came up to me and said, I was praying to God. Like I can sense how rooted they are and how grounded they are. Whereas the guys that come up to me, sort of like in this up and down of emotions and these flurries of like, God wants like, and I, I get, I almost like immediately tuned out towards that tail end there. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I bet you did. I bet yeah. you did. <laughs> You're just sort of like smiling, wave, smiling, wave. Because um, yeah. yeah, I mean, so when okay, yeah, there were there were two there were two tropes that I like. There were two tropes that I I was a bit upset with with the evangelical church so and this this is this is speaking on and i'm not again so the reason i the reason i mentioned that this isn't like a dunk a dunk on evangelical christianity podcast because a that's not my goal here my goal isn't to sort of convert people to orthodoxy and i say that pretty consistently and i mean i just had ben house from oaks and o's we had an amazing conversation he's a north pagan um but the, the reason I'm speaking on this is because there, there are evangelical churches that are rooted in masculinity and that they're not poisoning men and they're not seeing this equation, this, this false god of equality that you're talking that you talk about in your post within the church where it doesn't, it doesn't belong. As a, if a false god obviously doesn't belong in the church. So, you know, some of the jargon being shared by the, the pastor at this place I was at, he's like, where are the men? You know, like, where are the men? Like, I'm, all I'm seeing are boys, guys. And I got all salty. I was like, where are the women? I'm not seeing women. I'm seeing overgrown 16-year-old little girls. Yes. But yes. so then you're, you're saying you want us to be men, but then you're also having this weird equality culture. Mm-hmm. But then a different pastor said, so he said something a bit a bit more precise. He said, wives are supposed to, you know, submit themselves to their husbands, mm-hmm. but husbands are supposed to be devoted to their wives. So Husbands, they're still the patriarchs, they're still the leaders of the house. They still have that dominion, but they're not, that that strength doesn't manifest in this sort of red pill culture where it's like, oh yeah, so what if I attract, you know, some other, some other woman? So what if I, you know, I, I flirt with another woman, you know, that's, that's just me expressing my masculinity. Like, no, that's you being an asshole. That's you being a terrible husband. That's you turning your back on your masculine duty as a husband and as a patriarch and as a father right right and there's 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 ramifications with your example as a father and a husband to your sons in that your sons are going to look to you to see what is honorable Mm -hmm. and to see what is the definition of being a man and your daughters are going to look to you to see and again this could be more indirect like what to expect from a husband how to expect to be treated if you yeah. treat your wife wrong, you're going to set your daughter up for a slew of psychological damage and seeking relationships that are ultimately detrimental, if not immediately detrimental. And the other, the other, the other trope I had that, that I, you know, I, I found with some, with some evangelical, like, this is one of the things too, that I love when I came to orthodoxy. It's like, you're going to meet amazing orthodox Christians. You're going to meet terrible, terrible people. Like, don't, don't think we're, like, just because you're orthodox that, like, everyone's square. Like, no. Like, there are, there are evangelical Christians who are far more connected to God, right, than 
Orthodox Christians. Like this still is an individual case by case basis. Of course, and, yeah. And, and th- th- this this is the thing. So what I what I find amazing about your testimony to to to, to bring to bring it all back. Circle, yeah. <laughs> no, 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 I I I love jumping around in tangents. Zenobio and I joked about this. We're like. Him and I are both more like F. Scott Fitzgerald type writers in the sense that we'll go through like these flurries and tangents to eventually bring it back. It's so um, good. It's good. F. Scott was a strong, strong. I, well, one thing I've ever read is a great Gatsby, right? But that's one of the. I mean, that book had so much meaning to me. Like I, I still read the book. I read. I try to read the book once a year. I really. Really. Love it. Yeah. I, I. I love. I love. Love. Love that book. It's. It's that or Dune is my favorite. You know fiction book because first of all you feel the anguish and long read the book he writes in such a way where he paints that you just you're viscerally receiving everything that's coming off the page i I feel like i feel gatsby like when i read the great gatsby like you know what i'm saying like just this I mean, just like wanting to be this person that everyone loves and cherishes, but knowing that you're like a fraud and like, it's just, yeah, man. Yeah. And I've not read Dune. You said Dune is the name of the other one? Yeah, Dune. Yeah. 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 I'm going to have to check that out. I've, not, I've never even heard of that book, to be honest. I've only ever read The Great Gatsby. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, so Dune, Dune is in Fitzy. Uh, Dune is by a guy named Frank Herbert. I, I call it the greatest science fiction book ever because it gets into religion. It gets into politics. It gets into manhood. It gets into mysticism. It, it's fascinating. Okay. Um, but um, with, with so like actually tying Gatsby. So Gatsby had this idea that he couldn't be with Daisy because he needed to go make something for himself. Well, then he basically just separated from the woman that he loved instead of just being right then and there saying, I'm going to shape up and I'm going to become a man who I feel is worthy as a husband. He didn't feel the need. He he felt the need to go away. And he comes back to the love of his life being married to this guy who's cheating on her and doesn't have her best interest in mind. And she's just sort of whatever about it. Um, She's emotionally damaged at the abandonment from Gatsby at the beginning. But you for better or for worse, we're in this tradition that was teaching that this equality is a false god. It's this mm-hmm. modern Christianity that mm-hmm. you thought you were doing all the right things, and then you're married, and you have this situation where you're called to be masculine, you're called to be a patriarch, and no one, no one has taught you the right way. Mm-hmm. No one has told you from the get-go, this is what you need to do as a husband. Mm-hmm. And so, you took the damage, you took the, you took the hit on the chin, and instead of just, a, a lot of men, I feel, wouldn't be able to handle that. Mm-hmm. They would sort of become reclusive. They would become detached. They would become escapist. Mm-hmm. But you actually cultivated this strength and mm-hmm. came back. Mm-hmm. You had this hero's journey within a marriage, which you don't hear very often. <laughs> I had a hero's journey in a marriage for sure. <laughs> My man. Yeah. I, I, I heard that, that cycle within that testimony where you said, all right, now I'm a husband. Now I am equipped to deal with all, you know, I may not be, I may not have the knowledge to deal with every situation, but I'm equipped with the thumos and the logos and the ethos, basically, and the grounding to say, whatever it is, I'm going to figure out, figure it out because I am wholeheartedly taking on my role as a husband, as a patriot. And I almost think there's only so much your father can teach you. Because you kind of, because like, so my dad was definitely very much, a part of my life and very much in my life. My, my parents were together. They're still together. 
and the, there's a lot that he did teach me but there's there's so you again the theology and the thinking i knew all the right things to say man i knew husband is supposed to lay down his life i knew that husband was supposed to you know work hard i i, I knew these things on paper but when when the rubber met the road i wasn't ready to meet the road yet you know what i'm saying and there there there's just if you don't if you don't hit a situation where you have to man up before marriage um I will say it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard to uh, to do that in a marriage. I, I was, there was a point me and Leah laughed about it all the time. I said, baby, if I was the same way that I was right now as I was back then, would you have stayed? She said, I don't know if I could have. She told me that. And I said, uh, holy, holy cow. Like, I didn't, realize, I didn't realize it was that bad. But there was no leadership, man. I mean, I, I, was, I was scared. I was timid. I mean, I was... I, there was no, there was no thumos. There was no logos in it at all, and it was just a veneer. Again, a shell of a man. And I walk around and I see these guys in church, and it, again, it made me want to start the podcast to really let these guys know, hey, like, you know, th there's more to life than just pretending, right? Than just being what you think you're supposed to be. You know what I mean? Like, there's, there's more to like God has created you with balls <laughs> God has given you balls my brother and and you 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 have to exercise them and 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 not so that you could not merely for the glory right you'll get glory right God's going to give that to you God says that he'll give that to you um but it's so that you can actually lay your life down because the reality is man if you're Mr. Friendly Veneer your primary focus is on self-preservation. It's not on the preservation of your family. Exactly. And it's not, it's not on the growth of yourself to help cultivate that, that protection of your family. Not at all. Well, because you're, you're, you're focused on what people think of you. That's what you're focused on. You're not focused on your family growing and being protected from the wolf. You just want the wolf to think you're pleasant, to be around. Yeah, you know, what if that wolf comes knocking on the door anyway? What are you going to do? You have nothing at that point. Not at all. You have no weight. You have no gravity to you at all. Like, that's the thing. And I, I, that's probably the biggest lesson, I think, um, for me here recently is that, you know, what you hold dear, they may hold in contempt. You have to know that. You have to understand that just because you are pleasant doesn't mean that people mean well. People will use that to get to your family. People will use that to skirt around and attack the people that you love and you have to understand always and this is in the, this i forget what book of the bible this is in, but we we as christians this is a message for all christians but specifically christian men we're to be as wise as serpents and as gentle as doves Ooh, i'm glad you said that. you have to understand and you you know this you've read this you you, you, you got to understand that there are wolves in sheep's clothing there are snakes out there that want to screw with you and take your family out of the equation. You deal with them in as much as possible. Paul writes this. He says, live in as much as is possible. Live at peace with all men. And he put that caveat in as much as possible because he understands that there's, there are occasions where you're going to have to stand up and defend. But in as much as in your power, live at peace with all men. Be as wise as serpents. 
be as gentle as doves. And that's something that I, I was just gentle as a dove. <laughs> and many of, many of my guys that are still in the church today are just as gentle as doves. They're not as wise as serpents. They don't understand that what they hold dear, others hold in contempt. They don't, they don't get that. And as a result, they're sitting ducks for the enemy, Satan, and all of his minions to come and, and, and ruin what God has given them to take care of. I couldn't put it better myself. Man. I mean, and, you know, th those those sort of, like, conflicts would be varying in degree. Like, they, they could be, you know, they could be a man trying to sleep with your wife. Like, that's that's a pretty nasty one. There yeah, could man. be g government trying to take take control of your children and indoctrinate your children. Are you just going to say, oh, it's fine? Like, no, you're going to tell your children, like, no, this, this ABC and D is wrong because this is an initiative to destroy the family. So this yes. is enemy programming. You're going to be like, oh, it's just fine. Like, and, and even, even, like, some people... You, you, you can't let them get away with the little things at the beginning. If you nip it in the no. moment, it's going to be fine. Yeah. Like, I remember I had a coworker actually, behind the bar, one of the bars I worked at in Oakland. Mm -hmm. And he said, he made some joke, and he's just like, that's what your fiancé said last night. And I just, I put I put my shaker tin down and went over to him. It was busy Saturday night, and he's, he's you know, he's a vital team member. I, as lightly as possible, leg kicked him. I like kicked him at work and he fell on the ground grabbing his leg. I'm like, don't you ever, don't you ever say anything like that about my fiance again. Or I swear to God, we'll take this outside and that won't be your leg, it'll be your head. Plain and fucking simple. Good for you, man. And he's like, you serious? I'm like, do I, do I look like I'm kidding? Yeah. Do I look like I'm kidding? Yeah, man. And yeah. after that, like, there are never any problems with him. But you also, you also told me who he was. You told him, well, you just told me you're, you're someone that can't be trusted. So. I also kept that guy boxed out from the get-go, you know? So half the time when when you meet men who don't have a higher power, you have meet men who don't have a code and they're formless, like they're prone to all sorts of things. And as oh soon as God. they tell you who they are with that, that no man's land, you got to listen. Believe them. Believe them. Believe them. Believe them. Believe them. I, I said this to my wife yesterday. When people tell you who they are, take their word for it. When they show you, Believe it. Don't, don't. And, that, and that's the thing that a lot of guys get into. Like, again, going back to this nice guy trope, the, the, the whole thing that Robert, his whole thesis in this book is, you know, nice guys think that if they do this, then other people will treat them that. It's like, nah, dude. <laughs> people are not obligated to your, your standard. And, and, that, and, and, and honestly, that goes, that, 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 that goes with everything, right? Like, you, again, you as a Christian man know that it's a good thing to be patient. And you know, that's a good thing to be kind. And, that, and that's what the Lord requires of us. Um, but he doesn't just require that. He also requires you to protect your household. He also requires you to um, lay down your life. And that might mean that might mean violence. That might mean violence. Um, and a lot of Christian guys don't want to go there because they I don't know what it is, man. I don't know what it is. I, anyway, I, it, it's I tell Will this all the time, but. A lot of Christian guys don't like me. A lot of the mainstream guys because they think that I'm, you know, machismo or whatever, just trying to like puff out my chest. And I'm like, dude, listen, <laughs> we've had experiences of knives pulled on us in my marriage. We've had experiences of, uh, you know, people trying to test. We've had experiences of, you know, family members giving us hell. And I have had to, if I did not nut up in those moments, my wife would be vulnerable and hurt in those moments. And so I can't think of anything more Christ-like than standing up in that way. 
um, not just sitting there with my hands in my pockets, hoping that, oh, well, hopefully she'll just take care of it. Hopefully it'll go away, <laughs> you know? Um, so, yeah, man, I, I get a lot of flack for my posts, too. There's a lot of guys that, that I know that are ministers and things like that, and they'll reach out to me and they'll say, you know, I, I, I think that your post is, uh, I don't think your post is Christ-like, right? And that's, that's, that's hilarious. It's funny. That's why I came out with that meme. If you, anybody that's listening, go check out my page. There's a meme that I've got of Jesus saying, uh, it, it, well, it's a meme I made. It's Jesus flipping over the tables, right? And it says, uh, it says, Christians be like, or something. Christians act more Christ-like. And then I put me, bet. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Because people don't people don't get that 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 Christ is again going back to this idea of being a peace loving hippie. That's not who he is at all. Like when he comes back in Revelations, there's blood on his robe because he trampled out his enemies like grapes in a vineyard. Like that's a quote from Revelations. And so this idea that uh, that 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 Christ does not defend, or that Christ does not have some strength and some you know even some balls on him if you want to if you want to be crass with it like that, like. Um, is just not true and it's a false gospel and so <laughs> i'm here to i'm here to try to get as close to the real thing as i can man and so i'm, I'm on an orthodox guys podcast to maybe sprinkle some of that orthodox on me and figure it out you know what i mean <laughs> yeah, man, i mean i mean dude, I, I i think you're doing one then so i'm like i i i i defer to you for for the discipline of of, of being a husband because hey, I'm, I'm not a husband yet and, you know, there, there are certain things that, you know, in, in through Christianity that I understand, but there are, like, there are things I'm not going to know until I, I, I get to the dad don't thing. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. If, oh. if, there's, if there's anything I can tell you, uh, and I, I'm going to let you say what you need to say, but if there's anything I can tell you about uh, marriage, Arthur, uh, that you kind of step into it, is um, pretty much don't read any Christian marriage book. anything that you can buy at lifeway like i think the 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 only one that i would recommend is a book called love and respect beyond that i would not buy any of them because a lot of them a lot of them have been compromised and i've read many of them i've read many of them many of them so yeah, I, and it's it's that bad. I'm not gonna lie to you. And listen, look, you you do what you do, and maybe you'll find things right. But like, like just knowing what I know about you, and and knowing what I know about the Word of God now, a lot of that stuff is tainted, man. I mean, I told a buddy on my phone today. He's like, I'm gonna get X book. I said, do not buy that book. <laughs> do not buy that book. Not buy that book. He's like, because well, he hit me. He called me. He said, he said, man, the Lord is really blessing me. I just got a a, a, a book suggestion from God. I said, do not buy that book. Do not do it. The Lord Under is blessing any- you by you telling me right now, so I can <laughs> yeah. buy that book. <laughs> yeah, because it's 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 more of this. It's more of the idea of sameness, right? The men and women are same, mutually submissive, egalitarian marriage is what I was trying to say before. Yeah. Um, that's that's really the doctrine that's being promoted in, in many churches. And the fact is, is that that doesn't that doesn't work. And not only does it not work, it's also not biblical. Like your wife isn't supposed to lay down her life to the degree that you lay down Ooh. your life. I mean, there are there are outliers. I mean, like okay, the, we, we, we can drop examples like, OK, certain countries are at war. Like, for, for example, 
um, the Soviet Union, they, they killed millions of, they, a lot of people don't know this, they killed millions of Christians. Wow. Because, because the, you know, religion became banned. They, they killed all 28 high-ranking officials in the church, uh, the Orthodox Church. Wow. Um, and so, yeah, okay, there could be conflicts where, you know, what, even the women are going to be called to fight. But, like, that's very rare and that it, should, it shouldn't have to get to that point, you know. It's like we're, we're built for combat. We have thicker yeah. skin. We have quicker reaction time. You know, mm-hmm. we're able to detach, but like it's 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 not close in, no. in, in between the amount of attributes we have for combat. It's not close. Not at all. Not at yeah. all. And and the the further we try to make it be close, is actually the stronger the distinctions become. It's it's it's, it's just evident. It's it's God's creation. It's it's true. Um, you can try to fight it. You can try to put up whatever kind of constructs you want on it as you as you please and, and be as politically correct as you please. But the, the reality is, is that when when meat space happens, when the rubber meets the road, like she's looking at you, man. Yeah, she's 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 she's, she's, she's not trying to make the get go decision. She's she, <laughs> nature falls in a line real quick, man. Like, oh, real quick. Nature, dude, and that's what I tell people all the time. They're like, Jonathan, you talk about it from a humanistic, naturalistic standpoint. I'm like, well, who the hell do you think made nature, Slick? You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you think, do you think that God and nature are at odds with each other? It's like, no, like, we believe that he's a creator. Like, he made this. He made the dichotomies. He made the dynamics, you know? And and so to try and, to try, to try and act as though... Uh, those things are unimportant or that those things don't matter. I mean, Paul writes about it in the New Testament. He says the he says the first testament of of reality and truth. And he, and he so context, Paul is talking, this is in Romans, and Paul is talking about uh, people being held accountable even though they haven't been, quote unquote, saved, right? Or haven't seen Christ and haven't dealt with Christ in that way. He says they're going to be held accountable because they've seen creation. Creation was the first testament. Second Testament is the, the revelation of Jesus Christ. But what is plainly true about God is seen. What The invisible attributes of God are made visible in creation. And people, people try to fight me on this, and I go right to that verse. It's like, okay, what do you do with that, Christian? Well, that's scientism and da-da-da. All right, <laughs> look, if you're just going to give me all the tropes and all the things you guys said, I mean, you're not having a conversation about theology anymore. We're having an ideological conversation, and I'm not interested in that. And yeah, and where, where is this ideology coming from that you're speaking on? Because if I'm showing you plain and simple that my, my, my logic and my ideology is coming from Christianity, and you're arguing the opposite of that, but you're mm-hmm. sitting here saying that I'm pushing a separate idea when I've very clearly stated that I'm not, Mm-hmm. Who, who, who's who's really the one leading people astray here? Well, and here's the thing: those guys will come to me and they'll say, "Well, these people agree with me, right? Secular folks, and 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 I've got you know however many followers or whatever the case might be." And I just say, you know what? W- whatever, right? I mean, th- at this point, it's it's, and I'm gonna. This is gonna sound bleak, but it is what it is. The mainstream evangelical like. <laughs> movement church you know all that it's dead it's it's dead it's dead uh because they they've gone complete woke they've gone completely um overwhelmingly unorthodox like overwhelmingly unorthodox um and and they're basically useless um just to put it mildly like i think that they've 
they've they've proven themselves to not be useless. They've proven themselves to only acquiesce when the pressure is on. And I've seen it. I've seen it with most popular cool table pastors that during this time of uh, transition and during this time of significant pressure on the church, uh, they folded. They folded and they've kissed the ring. And so uh, they're useless, frankly. It's it, it, we're, we're living in a time that I think maybe a lot of us didn't think we'd see. Um, Patriarch Kirill, who is the main patriarch of the Russian Orthodox Church, he's out of Moscow. He had this very, he, he doesn't say a lot of things in the public eye. Mm-hmm. But back in 2017, he had a speech basically saying, like, the West is playing a dangerous game because the West is making part of the law things that are anti Christian. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he said what what the issue with the western world now is they've they haven't seen conflict and when you don't see conflict you get soft and when you get soft your reality gets distorted because you think nothing's coming for you you think no enemies are coming to hurt your family but they are they're just getting craftier <laughs> they're, they're using that comfort Yet sometimes yes. outright conflict is a lot more helpful because you know exactly who the enemy is and you gear up and you 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 alter yourself accordingly you realign yourself accordingly and then Suddenly, all of a sudden, the balance makes sense because of this very noticeable outward conflict. Mm-hmm. But within this world of comfort, you know, the post the post World War II era, right? Mm-hmm. We're seeing the Western world just get complacent, and then that complacency and that idleness, we're becoming so open minded that our brains are spilling out, mm-hmm. and we're <laughs> completely we, we we think that only in times of outward conflict are the times that we need to be on this uphill narrow path that ultimately is the most fulfilling no we're 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 we're, we're straying from that upward narrow path and he's like this is why christianity isn't popular in the western world right now because and he said he meant christianity right yeah. yes. and because christianity preaches this, this narrow uphill path it's not going to be popular what's fascinating to me now though and you and I had this discussion open open mess like the Zoomers are completely rejecting the, the world laid out in front of them. They're like, wait, okay, hang on. So you're telling me that <laughs> you're, you're you're telling me that the be all end all is to go to college and snort cocaine off of girls' butts and you know and to uh, be out and about being promiscuous and then like yeah. <laughs> like and to play video games and to get to drink ourselves to the gills and to absolutely get passed out and they're looking at this and they're like "Mm, you know i don't know about all this i don't i don't think so so you're seeing gen z being a church that has a a, being a generation rather that has a rise in religious faith you're seeing a gen z being a generation yeah you see all sorts of dumb shit on tiktok of guys dancing to doja cat songs right but you know, in whatever, like One Direction and all these, all these effeminate guys, right? But when I'm when you're seeing statistically, and I'm I'm surprised that these statistics are being allowed to be circulated on a grand scale, is that Gen Z is basically saying no to the state of things. Gen Z is is trying to restore nature. Gen Z is trying to restore order. Gen Z is trying to restore logos, whether consciously or unconsciously. You look at the creators, some of the creators in this solar sphere, they're like Evil Academy's 19, Gallantry Fuel's 19, Neo Libertate 16, 
Nature yeah. Chad's 21. Like, young cats. I mean, I'm 25. I, like, some people say that, you know, I was the first year of Gen Z, and some people call me the last year of the millennials. Either way, the guys that are firmly Zoomers, mm-hmm. right, who are in this content creation world, they're, they're pretty patriarchal, and they're pretty traditionalist, and they're mm-hmm. stoic, and they're strong, and they understand these things that, again, it, your, your, your testimony is fascinating to me because you clawed your way out. Mm-hmm of programming that that was all that you knew yeah man and you restored yeah. order within your marriage and you restored order within yourself self bro yeah <laughs> and and now you have people who are supposedly in in the same faith trying to knock down that door but you know luckily the people trying to knock down that door are, are weaker now because you've you've endured through that that cycle of gaining strength oh my gosh yeah yeah, well, I I know, I know what the Lord brought me through. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that's something that nobody can take away. That's something nobody can say. I mean, there's a lot of people got a lot of things to say. You know, you you sound like one of those toxic men, or you sound <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Whatever. And it's like, dude, if I'm so toxic, why is she smiling so hard? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? If if I'm such if I'm such a bad guy. Why does my wife look at me the way she does, and why doesn't your wife look at me that way? It's it's not. I, I would imagine it's not just a look of desire, like just primal desire. It's a look oh. of adoration and Ad- admiration. Yes. Who is this man that is able to be gentle with me and an absolute savage in the world? You know what I'm saying? Like, who is this man that is is willing to c- correct me? willing to correct me and then is also willing in the same breath encourage me who is this guy you know what i'm saying and and that's not a testament to how awesome i am but it's just who i'm submitted to you know what i'm saying it's the standard that i'm submitted to you know what i mean like i, I don't get off the hook like i don't get to be you know uh you know badass you know just savage you know what i'm saying telling people how they are whatever the case is you know and i also don't get to be you know you know this this kind of passive nice guy like i i i have to hold i have to hold the idea of of gentleness and war in in tension with one another and sit with it i don't have an option like that's my option is to hold both of those things in tension and as a result it, it yeah a lot Yes, the desire is there sexually, but beyond that, there's a lot of trust there. There's a lot of trust there. This is a guy that I want to raise my kids. This is a guy that sees things that even I can't see. And as a result, you know, I I shared this conversation with you for years, man. Again, Christian, nice guy, right? I wanted my my wife, my wife, uh, she grew up in church, but my wife wanted to go out and hang out with the girls. You know what I'm saying? Girls nights out. I'm saying going to go down to the bar, hang out, kick it, whatever. A lot of that was going on all throughout college and even towards the early part of our marriage, right? And Christian nice guy, Jonathan, didn't have the weight. I didn't have the weight to really talk about it, right? To really deal with it, right? And um, what ended up happening is as I started to embrace these things, um, when I had conversations, um, they were very direct. I was like, listen, look, I'm not, we're on a different path as a married couple. 
And these things that that even if you're not doing them that you're flirting with need to stop because you're going to end up in a dangerous place. And, 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 and I'm going to end up in a place where I don't need to be as a married man. Uh, and I'm not going to you know, be disrespected and make look foolish. That's just not what we're going to do. I'm going to do my best to honor you. And I want you to do the best to honor me in this way. And had I not had the, again, those moments of nearly breaking, you know what I'm saying? Uh, and then being able to kind of reconcile uh, my, again, like masculinity, right? With, with my faith. I don't know that I would have been able to have that conversation because I spent years and years and years trying to talk with her about this, but it was just me bitching about it, just whining about it. You know what I'm saying? No, no weight or anything. And, and, and let me, let me paint the picture clear. My wife was not, you know, tabletop dancing, right. And <laughs> mingling with other guys or anything like that. But there were, there were, there was a, there, there was a lifestyle that, was developed that was not congruent with being a, a, a wife that was not congruent with being a family woman right and um over time those things just weren't as fun as hanging out with me <laughs> over time those things just weren't interesting and over time she come to respect a lot of what what i was talking about and um the the love grew as a result of that and so um i think that that's that's been a a, a major success of the marriage is me actually uh, being a man worth his salt and being a man willing to address things head on and not not beat around the bush what's what's wow okay so a lot of directions we could go i'm open to it i mean what, what okay so what i what i love about this and this this sort of segues into my next like next series of questions that i i've had for you um but especially after hearing your testimony yeah you know i've heard a lot of guys and it, it, also guys this isn't a this isn't like a, a fuck the red pill conversation we're just trying to deconstruct what's truth and what is it right. you know right. I mean? and a lot of people would say like you know if you don't like <laughs> If you're a happily married man, like, and you haven't established that red pill culture, like, too late, she'll run you over. Like, that's not true. You're you're, no. living, you're living proof of that. Like, you reestablish order mid marriage. Mid marriage. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so let's 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 toss that myth in the trash where it belongs. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Or that that falsity because myth myth is a lot more interesting than falsity. Yeah, um, for sure. As, as we're learning, but um, yeah. the, the thing about. I loved. I listened to one of the when your more recent episodes. First of all, your, your podcast again. Your podcast is deeply enriching to me as a man. Um, but thank absolutely, you. man. God, thank you. <laughs> yeah, you you yeah you had a you had a thirty three minute episode about how to deal with certain arguments with your with your wife. Right. It's like mm-hmm. if you feel slighted, you don't you don't like you said you don't bitch at them. You don't whine at them you don't say well you made me feel like this like no your 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 primary role is to establish order and then you say you don't bitch and say you made me feel this way you're like you say no i will not be disrespecting this way i don't care how upset you are i do not disrespect you in that way mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. there is no reason why you are allowed to disrespect me in that way plain mm-hmm. and simple and it's, it's it's you're you're addressing that you're addressing what's making you feel slighted but you're also maintaining the role of the patriarch. You're maintaining the role of the husband. You're not compromising that. Whereas, like a lot of 
a lot of the people who are telling you you're wrong would have have you to sit down and express your feelings and then people would wonder over time why the wife grows more and more resentful because all she's hearing about is your feelings right <laughs> it's 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 so funny man because they're they're when you when you just when you just bitch when you just complain and you don't provide solutions or you don't provide anything constructive your wife is is not going to trust you she's just not because the thing is like she wants you to bear her burdens she honestly look call me sexist whatever you want to say a wife cannot handle a man's burdens period the burden of performance and, and that's a lot of things that's talked about in the red pill too the burden of performance is too heavy far too heavy why because men need to be wise meaning that they need to have accumulated wisdom from the father to be able to distinguish between ambiguities as the marker of wisdom is to just to say all right there's information here that looks directionally true there's information here that looks directionally true what are we going to do with this and wisdom comes in between and cuts right to the core and is able to do that that is something that women are not built to do why because women primarily primarily are concerned with connecting and relating to people and holding relationships together that's what they're responsible for so cutting to the core of things might mean dividing between a friendship that's what it might mean and that that that'll wreck a woman <laughs> that'll wreck a woman that's just wisdom right and so then another piece that a man's got to do he's got to be able to protect another right she not trying to get up in the night <laughs> when something goes bump you know what i mean she's got a, she's got a kid to worry about okay third thing is uh provision she's not trying to work that hard man she she works she works she makes decisions and maybe you got a wife that works that's fine and that's good whatever you know i mean economy is the economy whatever you need to do but that being said on a fundamental level her responsibility and where she wants to be is at home and where god has called her to be primary focus and responsibility is at the home that doesn't mean she's just there for you to be your 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 pregnant wife that's not what that is i mean if you read proverbs 31 you you see very clearly that that's not the kind of woman that that, that god or role i should say that god is intended for women there's 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 productivity that she's to be involved with the proverbs 31 woman is actually a really fascinating have you ever read that it's, it's been some time like I, I always my go-to book i mentioned to you before is job and i've been reading job and i'm reading lamentations actually but i haven't touched problems in a while actually Dude, it, it's Proverbs 31 um, is incredible. And what it gets so in the, it's interesting. It's a mom, at the beginning, it's a mom talking to a son. And the mom is like, my son, don't give your strength to women, right? Talk about red. Oh, yeah, mom. yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the first thing. Uh, but then it goes on to talk about a virtuous woman. And this virtuous woman isn't someone that's just at home getting pregnant, right? She's she's purchasing real estate she's she's got a a a, 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 a entrepreneurial venture selling clothes all these different things and so some you know kind of the more feminist types will say well, you see she's a career woman no 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 if you read that whole thing in context that enterprise that she is running is so that she can acquire more wealth and more 
opportunity and more privilege for her home. But it is underneath the home and the leadership of her husband. Why? Because her doing those things brings her husband honor. His enemies, his enemies have nothing to say about him because of her productivity. Exactly. Of- there's, there's nothing they can yank on to try to unnerve and try to unsettle because everything Not- is too sound. It's too. It's it's airtight. It's airtight. It's airtight. And 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 that's the point that I'm I'm trying to get at here with 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 all of this is when it comes to when it comes to leading a household, just to get your wife to that point, and even just to, just to get your wife to that point where she can be fulfilled and productive and still like about the house, you have to rise to a level that is frankly too much, too many decisions to make. Yeah. The, the office is too much. Um, and any woman that's been in a situation where she's had to make decisions, most of the decisions in a relationship will tell you that. And that's why I left my husband. That's why I left my boyfriend, because he never knew what he wanted to do. He never knew where we were going. He never really gave any direction. He just was kind of like, I don't know, whatever you want to do. And that's that's the that's the pansy way out. That's a pathetic way out. You you need to be making yourself skillful in wisdom, and skillful in protection and skillful in provision. And as a result, you're going to have. I mean, you're going to have a wife that loves you very deeply because you've taken the burden of being and existence off of her and onto yourself. Which I don't know. I, <laughs> If we're talking about being like Christ, like what do you think a cross is, right? Like that's what that is. It's you putting the burden of being on your back for her. And and again, Paul talks about husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for it. I mean, that's literally the painting of it right there. And so, um, yeah, I just kind of rambled, but <laughs> that's, no, no, that's, 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 not that's, rambling at all because you you pretty. <clears throat> carefully laid out sort of the organization of, of a sound marriage mm-hmm. because man is bearing his cross to the faith. It's like in, in divinity, mm-hmm. it's his role to bear the cross of the, of protecting the family of being the patriarch. Yes. For women, it's to bear the cross of the home and to bear the yes. cross of being support and multiplier. Yes. Force multiplier. So, everyone has a cross to bear and everyone's Mm -hmm. part of the feminist movement is like well what if we bore this cross like well so far everyone's pretty fucking unhappy everyone hates it (laughs) (laughs) you know it's it's funny like not so that that relationship i told you about in the evangelical church i had instant not instincts but i had intuition about what it was i was supposed to be doing yeah. and how I was supposed to be going about things. And when I listened to that, things went great. She was super loving girlfriend. I mean, ultimately, it, it was for the best because, you know, if that would have gone on, I would have been miserable, honestly, because the <laughs> the, the, con- the connection wasn't really fully there. And um, frankly, she, like, she was lacking a certain amount of intelligence and wit that I need, that I that I feel fully fulfilled from with my fiance. Yeah, um, good. It's good, man. So, so it worked out for the best, but I remember the advice I was getting was to, like, you know, give her more space and let her make her own decisions. I was like, okay. I mean, she keeps getting saltier and saltier whenever I do that. So, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, like, but the, the, the disconnect with that was, like, I'm only 21. I'm new to the church, and these guys are older, right? But they're the same types of people that you're talking about that are just sort of just nice guy Christians. 
And the more I listened to that, I was like, man, your guys' voice sucks. So, like, as soon as, <laughs> as soon as, as soon as, like, we broke up, like, I felt like this, like, relief. I was like, damn. Okay. Well, I am, first of all, I am never going to let so many people know my business. No. Because every little decision is under this big microscope. And then people are going to have opinions, and those opinions are going to materialize into yeah. more useless and unnecessary you know pieces of conflict that can be ultimately detrimental so i'm i'm very i'm very and i I know you mentioned this too you know when you went on will's podcast the first time you said like you know people 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 don't need to know you know what what, what my wife's doing people don't need to know what you're not bringing your wife sort of in the sphere of instagram because yes um you're not bringing this you're not bringing this this world to like you're not bringing her to this world because this world might have something to say like oh well Jonathan West being husband pot said this and I don't agree with him and you know look what his wife's doing like bringing him into that so like I'm very private with who my fiance is I mean I'm very I'm anonymous from the get go so that 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 certainly helps right then and there but you know go to the Bay Area ask enough people who Arthur Dane is you're gonna figure it out but you know there it is yeah. uh, <laughs> but you you have you have that level of protection so I guess have to. Big time, big time. My, my my question to you is, maybe this this will be pretty beneficial for the listeners. It'll be beneficial to the younger men who you know they're they're thinking about marriage early. They're thinking about marriage, you know, post college when they have a job. You know, whether that be in Europe or whether that be in Australia or right here in the United States. That my question to you is, what surprises did you did you have about marriage? Not in that initial nice guy phase, but post gaining strength. What are some of the surprises about marriage and your in your role as a husband? Did you bump into? I think <clears throat> honestly, the first thing that comes to mind, and you, so, and, and to be clear, you're talking about after I gained strength. Exactly. Yeah. How how easy it was? How much easier it actually was? <laughs> Wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I and I mean that, man. Like, I'm not saying we don't have like issues, right? We work through, but like, it ain't that deep anymore. Like, <laughs> just, I mean, honestly, man. Like, now now it's. I mean, there there. I mean, I, we got stuff that we talk about. Like, we got stuff that we got to deal with. But like, she's not questioning why she married me. It's not that deep ever. It's like, yeah, we got stuff that we got to work on, but at the end of the day, you're my man and I love you, you know? And same thing for me, it's like, we got our stuff, but at the end of the day, like you're my my woman and I want to build what this is with you. And I mean, that once, once the strength came, the resolution came after that. And, you know, I told her, I said, you know, the reality of it is, you know, barring infidelity, I'm not going anywhere. You know, I mean, if it's infidelity, then then I got to, you know, I'm not in a place mentally where I'm going to be able to stay with that. Um, but I'm not going anywhere. And once that came, again, strength, resolution, and low-key ease, a lot more ease. Again, it's not pie in the sky. It's not going to be... Uh, you know, daisies and roses every day, but we're both here and, and we're both glad to be here. 
And I encourage any man that's getting married, get, get strength, get wisdom, uh, and embrace those two things. Those are your birthright. You know, Proverbs says that, you know, the glory of a young man is his strength and the glory of an old man is his wisdom. You know, as a man, those are your birthrights. And, and if you embrace both of those things, it, it, it just gets easier to deal with and be with your wife. And she, it, she loves it. <laughs> She's going to love it. She's going to love you. Um, and so the, the, the arguments that you have are just very small potatoes, man, small potatoes. I think that's, that's important to sort of touch upon where it's like, I think some people think it's always going to be difficult. And I think that may be sort of like a psyop. Yeah. Maybe sort of like a psyop for the enemy where it's like, where yeah. it's like, no, it actually, when things are squared away, it's not really supposed to be that hard. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, dude. Well, it's like, and it's why would it be right? Like, obviously you got sins and stuff that you got to deal with and you got to address or whatever, but like, why would the Lord, I mean, I mean, Jesus says it too. He's like, yo, my, my burden is easy and my yoke is light. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like the light, life with him and in his confines and in his, his paradigm um, is, is simple. And, and I mean that obviously, you know, for those of you that aren't Christian, um, you know, I understand that the, you've got some reasons for that or whatever the case may be. But even if you, you, you take the special revelation of Christ out of that situation, you just go with the nature piece, right? The way that God has designed manhood and womanhood, you know, women are attracted and love leadership and masculinity, right? And, and men love women that are feminine and receptive. You abide by those templates. I mean... <laughs> I don't know what else to say, Arthur. I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty straightforward. Uh, it's pretty straightforward. And so, yeah, we, there's, there are days, again, we have to reconnect and we have to reevaluate where we're at, but it's never a question of, do I want to be here or not? And the world will have you thinking that that's always the case, right? The statistic, right? Divorce is 50, 50, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So why get married? It's 50, 50. It's like, yeah, but like, the end of the day it's on you you know what i'm saying like did you like are you the type of man that she wants to stay with or not you know what i'm saying and if you are then 50 50 doesn't apply to you it just it just doesn't apply to you and yeah. so that, they're, just, they're just numbers they're numbers of a reflecting a damaged psyche that is the yeah. world and marriage yeah for sure and not saying that statistics don't matter but it's just you take statistics into consideration and then you act accordingly, right? Like if I was to, you know, take statistics as is, right, as a black man, then I would have given up a long time ago. Black, I mean, if, as a black man, I'm supposed to be in jail or dead. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Past 18. That's the, what the, statistically, that's what's supposed to be happening, right? But the, the that doesn't, you, again, you take account statistics, but you don't let them be, a thing you know what i'm saying if you don't you, you have a choice to make as a man like you have sovereignty or you're not doomed to a life of being a statistical and not, or a statistical number in the game like you have choices that you make and so yeah maybe maybe marriage is 50 50 for everybody else but maybe also you suck at marriage and should get better and if you can get better then you lessen the percentage <laughs> yeah it's like that level of agency will override like it like, the, the statistic isn't going to come in and dictate your every move, is it? No. Right. It's not waiting at your door. Yeah. 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 yeah it's, it's <laughs> agency, though. Like, when you have your own agency and you're making every decision, A, B, C, D, E, F, and G, like, 
what, what is statistic going to do? Like, hey, man, you can't do that? What the fuck? No. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, man, like, fix it. It's cool. Like, and there's, and there's ways that you can, and, and there's, 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 gosh, man, just hit me up. I mean, hit me up on IG and, and hit me up on Facebook. At, not Facebook, sorry. Hit me up on IG and uh, DM me or whatever because, like I said, I, you know, I'm not an expert by any means, but you know, I've, I've been with my wife since high school. We've been through all the phases, right? Everybody says, you know, in, in college, that's when girls are at their highest sexual market value and they're just around having sex with everyone and, all, you know, all the, all the scare tactics or whatever. So you better get it in while you can and all that stuff. Yeah, I mean, every girl's a slut and then, you know, you might as well capitalize <laughs> and enjoy yourself. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, it's just like it's nihilism like it's extreme nihilism it's like that doesn't have to be again yes this is statistically true of course it doesn't have to be your reality and you can you can you can build a relationship with a woman um but it and it's not i'm not saying it's not going to take work on yourself but um it's it's doable and uh, you know I'm, I'm, I'm here to help any guy that, that's interested in wanting to do that work because um and i'll just leave this i mean if we're going to, you know, you know, you talk a lot about spiritual war and you talk a lot about, you know, different, different things that are going on in, in society right now. Um, this reconciliation stuff is real and we got to do it. We got to do it. Um, male and female have to come back together again and we got to get married and we got to have kids and we got to teach them that, that, uh, this is a good thing. This is this is this is a blessing to the world. Is the union of male and female, right? And and that blessing is manifested physically, right? Through kids, like the union of man and woman, birth future. <laughs> That's what happened, and it's amazing. And so, um, and I'm about to be a part of that. I'm about to experience that in a very in a very real way here in here in a few months. And. Um, don't run from that just because you think that, you know, you're, you're gonna, you're gonna lose, you know what I'm saying? You're gonna lose part of yourself or she's gonna leave you for the pool boy or whatever. It's like, you know, nothing, obviously nothing in life is foolproof. Those things might happen, but I, I don't know, man. <laughs> Cause I, I, I read a lot of red pill guys and like hope strategy, hope strategy or whatever the case is. And I'm like, listen, you know, if you want to live your life in fear of getting hurt, then, you know, you maybe just need to stay in the house. Right. Cause you're basically a, a, a COVID idiot as well, to some extent. Like if you want to live your life in fear, afraid of that, then that's fine. But the reality is you, what you, what it goes on in your life is a result of your choices at the end of the day. And if you choose um, to not get into marriage because you've got um, either either fear or, or you've done your statistical analysis and you think that it's not good, it, fine, that's fine. But I would say that there is a huge blessing and a huge benefit as a man and as stepping into a role as father, stepping into a role as husband. There's a huge benefit and a huge strength that you gain from doing those things. And I think you're missing out. I really do. More, and it's ultimately fear. It's like they, it's funny the, the psyche will trick itself into thinking something smart when it's actually it is it is scared. And I see that within a lot of the red pill culture. They're scared of women. They're scared of marriage. They're scared of getting hurt. They're scared of being betrayed. 
And when you hell hath no force without fear. Yeah, man. If, mm-hmm. if, yeah. if if you're able to not if you're able to not react in that way. Yes. Your decision making is gonna be much clearer and your discernment of of the people who are going to maybe justify that initial fear yes. and discernment of people who are the antithesis of that, you know, the people you actually need to be pursuing in marriage, it's gonna be much easier to discern who those people are when you're out of that frame of fear to get go. Hundred percent. Dude, man. <laughs> and you actually hit the nail on the head, man. If if you're a guy that is careful and like you take those things to consideration you're carefully evaluating you're not going to make the same decisions that that guy on the internet that you're watching made and lost all his money from you know what i'm saying in that marriage like you're not going to make the same decisions because you're you're thinking about it clearly you're thinking about it rationally you're thinking about it with wisdom and and not just thinking about the sex and so yeah I, i i would completely completely agree with that um yeah yeah, I think I think that's dead on, Arthur. You, you, honestly, man, I'm gonna tell you right now, um, I ain't worried about you. <laughs> I ain't worried about you at all, man. I I, th- I think that you are going to make a a solid husband, solid father. Um, that boy's gonna be a titan. <laughs> I appreciate that, man. Savage, man, and, and 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 congratulations on your engagement. I had no clue you were engaged, man. That's awesome. Thank you, man. Yeah, that 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 story. You know, when we all get together, um, and I want to I want to end with this because you know it's a lot of a lot of solar sphere listeners. Um, and yeah. But um, so when when we all get first of all when we all get together in person, which is inevitable apparently this year, I'm really excited for it. Um, you know, I'll tell you guys that story of, of how I got engaged because it is it is not of my own hand. It really is not like part. There are deliberate decision making. There's deliberate decision making, and there are things that are of not that that could not have been of my orchestration. Plain yeah. and simple. Yeah. And um, speaking of which, though, I'm curious. But before we go, because I, I know I know you got to get going. But Good man, we can talk. Yeah. You know, this solar sphere came out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. I talk about this. Guys, I'm talking about the Great Conjunction again. Deal with it. Plain and simple. <laughs> Get over it. <laughs> exactly. The Great Conjunction, I'll never forget how I felt in that time of winter solstice, right? I just mm-hmm. felt like the the script had flipped. Like, we're turning a corner out of the postmodern era into this age of heroes, into light, finally. Now, that doesn't mean we're going through hardship right now, right? Yep. A lot yeah. of us are, but we. I, I know that we're going to be all right. First of all, thank you for thank you for the kind words of, of I, you know that you're not worried about me that you think I'll make a great husband and great father. I appreciate that, and I know you're about to make a great father. I know your your, your son's about to be a powerhouse. Jesus, Louise. I appreciate it, man. Absolutely, absolutely. That's 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 without a doubt. Yeah. Um, but in terms of in, in terms of things that are not our own hand, you know, we all found each other at once. You know what I mean? It's like. You, me, Will, Forrest, Neil Libertate, Flo Modus, um, Joe Abra, Greater, all these guys from all over the world. And most of us don't use hashtags. Nah. Right. So this ain't an <laughs> algorithm thing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. wow. We all found each other at once, and we're all sort of trying to help usher in this renaissance of men, this reconcili- this great reconciliation between men and women that you spoke about. 
Mm -hmm. I'm curious, how did that, how did that manifest for you? Like when you found everyone, like what, what was your thought process? What did you notice? What what did viscerally feel like? Mm. Uh, like a burden, like, like a weight that I was unequipped to carry was laid on me. Like, like, I mean, it was just heavy, man. It was just heavy because there's so there's so much going on right now and there's so many lies being told and there's so much deception and to be given the task of bringing light and truth to men and the women right that follow to be given that task is like being past the mic by like you know your favorite artist and saying hey will you will you hit this hit this duet with me one time you know what i'm saying or will you play this chord one time it's like you almost feel like you're 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 naked you know what i mean because you're you're there like you showed up but you, you almost don't feel worthy of the the task and so it just felt heavy man um and I, I told you that, and I, and I definitely still feel that way, but I'm very thankful. I'm very, very, very thankful to be a part of what God is doing, what I believe God is doing in the midst of this, because um, I don't know, I don't know what else I'd be doing during this time if I didn't have a mission. And I'm just thankful for a mission because I know a lot of people are falling by the wayside because because the lies are so powerful and, and, and they can't see a way out. But because we've got mission and because God's given us mission, we, we can see the we can see the light at the end of the tunnel and we're 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 we're, we're walking towards it and we're pulling everybody else with us that maybe can't see it. And so um it makes me emotional i'm not gonna lie man because it's just kind of like praise the lord and thank god that he you know spared me from falling into this this deep <laughs> deep deception that so many people are going through and the deception is sad like I, I i look at those people that are going through this right now and i pity them i i don't look at them as yeah not all of them as enemies. I, I look at them as people that need prayer and that that need help because the illusion, the, the illusions and the delusions are strong, very, very strong. And, and you know, if not by the grace of God, I'd be right there with them. Yeah. It's. I was in San Francisco yesterday. Having a having a, a mocktail because I'm not drinking right now. A mocktail on a patty melt, right? You know? Yeah. I was on this patio and I was looking around. I was I was bliss just because things things in Gavin Newsom, Gavin Uncle Gavin's California were open for once, you know. <laughs> but I'm looking around. I'm seeing, you know, especially in San Francisco, that's the belly of the beast, man. You know, yeah. I, I live in Oakland and I work in San Francisco. It doesn't get more lefty programming than that. It doesn't get more brainwashy than that. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I, I had the same feeling, and I had the same feeling in reference to what we're doing, the sort of solar sphere. Everyone, everyone has a role, mm-hmm. and I felt that same 
I didn't hate them. I, I don't really hate anybody, honestly. Um, you know, except the truly malicious. Those those people are that's that's what we're called to hate. The truly malicious. Yes. Um, but I I know that they're not malicious. I know that they're just people. So I was like, there's there's a lot of work to be done. That's what I felt, and that's what I felt in relation to the sphere. And I think each of us has a role. And I think, honestly, Jonathan, you're you're you you you're playing one of the most important roles. And because without without that cultivated discipline and duty constantly spoken of, right, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that programming can easily fall on the wayside of, you know, men going their own way, just getting laid or just being disenfranchised with marriage in general. So I think your, your, your role is a discipline that is a true cornerstone and bedrock for this movement, honestly. that We don't really know what it is yet. Like, we kind of do. We know it's a renaissance man. We know. But we all found each other at once. We know it's a, an age of heroes. There's a lot of names for it. But it's still materializing. It's still very young. So we all came together in, like, December, January, right? Yeah. yeah. And not, a, not of our own accord. And, you know, I don't, I don't think that we can respect... We we, 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 we we can respect that the fact that this wasn't of our own dominion. We can also be humble to know that we're taking it as it goes. We can also be tenacious in saying, like, we're not going to shy away from that duty on the flip side. Mm-hmm. That it's some kind of duty. And mm-hmm. I think, again, I think you're doing some of the finest work. Plain and simple. Man. You laid it on thick, man. I appreciate it. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm not. I'm not. Try, I'm not trying to blow smoke. You know, I'm, I'm not even capable of that. You know, you see me as a bartender when I have to. If someone asks me to blow smoke, they'll be like, "What do you think of this?" I'm like, "Oh, that's that's an idea. Yeah, uh, not like that's good or that's all like, oh, okay, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. That works. Yeah, <laughs> that, that 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 we could do that or. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, so no, I'm not. I'm not laying anything out thick, man. I'm just speaking the truth, plain and simple, man. Plain uh, and simple. God uh, bless you, man. God bless you for all your work. God bless you too, man, for all your work and 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 keep at it and and man, um, man, just keep just man, just keep doing what you're doing. I mean, you're 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 just on the path, man. You're 25. You're focused. I just man. Congratulations, dude! Just congratulations, man. Thank you. So you got you, you got a blessed a blessed future ahead of you, man. I mean that. I mean that seriously. Likewise, likewise. Where where can where can people where can people find you? So, um, you know, where can people find you? And do you have any? I know you're you're, you're expecting your son, so that's going to take your primary focus. Um, but where can people find you? And do you have any sort of updates on the horizon? Or yeah. New, new new side things going on on the horizon. Yeah, for sure. So uh, you can find me um, on Instagram at being husband pod. That's at being husband pod. Um, so find me there. I'll be talking on there uh, pretty infrequently. Like I I don't plan on being on um, on that page for for a good while until you know my son is born son will be born september 20th and then i plan on actually coming back um with the youtube um uh, portion to the podcast i'll still be doing podcast episodes let me be clear i'll still be doing podcast episodes twice a month um so it'll be a little normally i was doing them once a week but it'll be twice a month moving forward um, so yeah, you can find me at being husband pod on instagram you can obviously subscribe to the podcast anywhere you can get them 
um, Apple, Podbean, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Spotify. Um, and then, yeah, in terms of side stuff, I mean, if any of you guys like to learn how to grow vegetables, you can follow at the Suburban Farm Guy. <laughs> oh, no shit. I didn't know about that. Okay, I'm going to give that yeah. a follow right now. Yeah, it's a side page and it's under construction. Um, so I'll definitely be doing more stuff on there and just showcasing the clients that I work with because um, that's my side business, man. That was, that's what pays for the ministry So uh, and, and puts puts extra food on the table for the fam. So, yeah, at the Suburban Farm Guy, if you're interested in learning how to grow stuff. Absolutely. I just gave that a fall right now, man. That sounds awesome. <laughs> Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Yeah. So, guys... Follow this man's example. Follow his example of discernment and of seeking strength and of the hero's journey and as a husband and soon to be a father and not keeping all this wisdom to himself but sharing it with his fellow man. So find that wisdom that you feel called to share because every single man and every every single woman, quite frankly, has some wisdom to share that they're keeping close to the best when they shouldn't be. So until then, Good night and good storms. Thank you.